feel like I'm a part of something bigger. My favorite business show. Hands down the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. It's another edition of the Conquer Local podcast. I have to tell you, in the last eight years, I've become enamored with startups. Um, I've had the great fortune of being able to work inside a rocket ship startup over these last eight years. When I talk to startup founders, I get inspired. These people who put everything on the line to drive forward with their dream of solving a problem, building a unicorn, employing 500 people, you know, whatever their their goal is underneath or whatever the driving force is underneath, um, you have to admire startup founders. And that's what our local economies have been built on around this planet is someone making a decision to hang their shingle outside and open up a shoe shine or deciding that they're going to open uh, one of my favorite businesses, a restaurant. Like, uh, yeah, um, I think you all know how I feel about restaurants. It's a struggle and anybody that owns a restaurant, you should tap them on the back because it's a tough business. But what we're finding is all local business is tough and anytime you have a startup, there's going to be struggles. So... We had some people reach out to us saying, why don't we get some people that understand startups? Because a lot of small agencies and a lot of digital marketing companies are actually startups. And I happen to know a gentleman who has been running a business incubator program for the past year and a half. In fact, he's asked me to come speak to his startup groups around sales and how, you know, when are you going to hire your first sales leader and how can you, you know, get more sales? And, you know, what are the things that you need to do to move a product from, you know, the stealth mode to the street where you're actually selling it? Jordan McFarlane is going to join us. He is a, the business incubator manager at a thing called Cultivator. What Cultivator is, is an incubator for startups that happens to be powered by a credit union. And this credit union is spread all over our province and its mandate is to help local businesses. And what better way to help the startups by giving them a space where they can incubate, where they don't need to have everything. The incubator can actually provide a few of the things. And one of the things I know about Jordan and his team and those 32 different companies that he has worked with in his first year is that they're, they are a very close-knit group that are relying on each other for advice. And I want to dig into that. We want to understand more with Jordan about the challenges that Cultivator has had in their first year and the successes that they've had. We want to learn more about what type of companies they're working with and what some of the struggles have been. And I'm hoping at the end of this, all of you that are listening that are entrepreneurs and the salespeople that are listening know that I've said a number of times, you own your own business. You're your own little startup. And even though you're a salesperson working for another company, if you treat it as your own business, you will be more successful. So we're going to talk to Jordan. He knows a lot about the startup ecosystem. He's been dealing with a number of these companies. He pretty much could talk about any aspect of the business than the things he's been dealing with in the last year. And I think it's going to be very, very valuable for you as we dig in to the startup mentality and to startup businesses everywhere. Coming up next on the Conquer Local Podcast. We have Jordan McFarlane on the line. Jordan is the business incubator manager at Cultivator, powered by Conexus. And uh, Jordan, thanks for joining us on the Conquer Local podcast. 
Thanks, George. Super excited to be here today. And uh, thanks for having me. Well, one of the privileges that I have in being able to travel and meet folks is, you know, get to meet great folks like Jordan. And uh, a little over a year ago, Jordan and I met in uh, the beautiful city of Regina, Saskatchewan, um, which is home to a very unique business incubator. And it's called Cultivator, which for those of you that are farmers or come from a farming background will know that uh, that is a farm terminology. So Regina is uh, just south of where we are, Saskatoon, where the studios are. And, um, you know, Jordan is running this business incubator and, and why I wanted to bring him on the podcast, because I don't think there's anyone I've met in the last couple of years that knows more about startups than Jordan, because right now um, you have worked in your first year with 32 different startups at Cultivator. So can you give us an overview of a little bit of your background and a little bit around the vision of Cultivator and how did this whole thing come about? And then why is a credit union powering a business incubator that just give us the 101 on the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, just to start out my background a little bit, I actually came from the education sector and uh, was doing a ton of work around youth entrepreneurship and uh, just finding a lot of uh, the top talent that we were producing here on the prairies and coming out of the Queen City and, and Saskatoon was was often, you know, at times going elsewhere and, and getting into the, you know, the startup, small business and tech sectors um, and it wasn't always because they wanted to leave but more so sometimes that they felt they needed to so uh, we noticed the gap in Regina that there was no you know incubator accelerator services and uh, as I got more involved in that and you know had learned from some trips down to San Fran and uh, the Toronto Waterloo region uh, you know more about the accelerator and incubator models um, at the same time, Connexus Credit Union was was exploring the possibility of, uh, you know, Canada as first credit union-led incubator. And uh, timing just worked out well where they were looking for somebody to lead the initiative and bring, you know, the business community, the technology community, government, um, you know, founders all together into one uh, one collaborative space. So I was fortunate enough to uh, to get the uh, the honor to bring this to life. And, uh, and that's uh, sort of where we came to today. And, you know, really, I think from the, the Connexus perspective, it's looking at uh, the future of community investment and, you know, how do we focus more on potential economic impact of, uh, you know, job creation and allowing founders to, you know, to bring ideas and startups to life and, and help them grow and scale um, from right here in the prairies while also still being, uh, you know, serving a global market and, and getting what they need to be successful. So, you know, that's just a kind of a quick 101. And we've had, uh, the privilege of completing our first year of programming here, supporting over 32 companies. And uh, we've learned just an absolute ton in this, uh, this short period of time. So super excited to, to dig more into that today. Well, big props to uh, Eric Dillon, CEO of uh, Connexus and the board there for identifying this opportunity. I know it's a, it's a very large initiative of that organization to help make sense when you think about it to help grow new businesses and have those incubators. Really looking to dig into your brain today, Jordan, to learn more about these startups. The people that are listening to the Conquer Local podcast, some of them are agency owners, digital marketing agency owners of, of their own, where they're doing a startup, or maybe they're a SaaS startup, an independent software vendor that has found the podcast and they're trying to learn tactics on how to sell. So we're going to dig today into that whole startup ecosystem and some of the lessons that you have learned in working with that group. It's interesting to me that your background 
is in education because I, I've watched you in working in, in Cultivator and there's a lot of education going on with these new s- startups and helping them to navigate this space. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's been super helpful just, you know, us coming from that, you know, that learning focus and making sure, you know, there's kind of that growth mindset, you know, intuitive to all of our founders. And it's one of the things we look at when, when companies apply to Cultivator is, um, you know, the coachability and willingness to learn. We're, you know, we're fortunate to work with individuals such as yourself, with the breadth of industry experience and knowledge and, you know, all of the mentors we're bringing in, we really want to make sure that we have people that are willing to listen, learn and uh and to grow because you know i think that that startup and founder journey is is such a roller coaster especially right now and the ability to learn adapt and uh you know know what you know but know what you don't know is is super important so that's uh that's been a key kind of takeaway i think from the the education background definitely well coming from um startup uh myself over the last uh 10 years um it's interesting because you know there are days when you're you know, you feel like you're fighting this battle and let's talk about what sort of mindset you have to be in if you're going to start up a business. Like what, you know, what, what have you found are, you know, some of the, if you were to meet somebody, you're like, okay, they have the right stuff to be able to do that. Yeah, that's a great question. I think we're, we're seeing some commonalities here and obviously, you know, we're a little bit uh, early in the game, but from, from what we've seen is really that, that ability to be, you know, comfortable with being uncomfortable I think that, you know, when we see the early stage companies, you know, the founder founding team are often wearing a lot of hats. So that's, you know, coming from, you know, sales to marketing um, to HR to, you know, product manager, all of these different pieces. um, You know, you're, you're really having that generalist perspective on how to cover the gaps until, you know, you've got the sales and revenue or funding or capital to, uh, to appropriately hire out the team. So I would say really that that willingness to learn from others, um, you know, being a, being confident yet humble at the same time is super important. So we obviously know anybody who's starting something new, they're going to treat that like their baby. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you got to be very sensitive to, uh, you know, calling a baby ugly. And that's uh, that's always a, a touchy subject. So uh, when mentors or advisors are given some of that tough feedback, we just need to make sure that people um you know, or taking that and seeing what they can learn from it. So uh, that piece has been super key. The ability to handle feedback and coachability is, is, is massive. And then I think the adaptability and ability to grow I mean, founders we see at the early stage. So pre-seed, seed stage companies, um, it's really about them understanding that their skill set and, you know, the way they grow and manage from leading a team of one to a team of 12 to a team of 20 uh, is greatly going to change, you know, what their day-to-day looks like and, you know, how they manage others. So um, they, I can't say enough about the growth mindset there. So the founder mentality is that, you know, we've got, we've figured out a problem that we w- want to solve. And, uh, you know, in, in your stable there, you've got 90% of the businesses are software businesses, 10% are hardware, 80% are B2B, 20% are direct to consumer. So there's a pretty good uh, mix amongst the group, but, you know, that, you got to be able to push forward, but at the same time, keep your mind open to maybe there's a better way to do this, that having that flexibility. But I, I've also heard that it's really important to have that, you know, I'm going to make this thing work because there, there's a very high failure rate on, on startups. And by the way, there always has been in startup businesses. Yeah, totally. Definitely. We're very much aware that, uh, you know, the high failure rate. So for us, it's, it's kind of, how do we, you know, 
how do we decrease the failure rate or increase the success rate of our of the companies that we can connect with? And I think you know one of the things is is definitely you need that that founder confidence because you're you're gonna be going through a lot of uncertainty and that uh, you know maintaining that belief um, you know in what you're doing is is obviously key. And for us, I think the biggest thing is especially in that early stage when you're looking at problem solution fit is making sure that they do as much customer discovery as possible. So we try to get our founders out talking to customers either in person or, you know, in today's day, a little bit more uh, virtual, um, you know, and, and making sure that they're constantly on the pulse of that. And I think also for us, what, what's key is, is helping to understand, you know, if they're pre-market or, or getting ready to sell, um, how do they get to that purchasing decision and understanding as soon as possible of, you know, what's really the pain point for their customers in their market? And, uh, you know, what, what is the, you know, the solution that they're willing to pay for um, and what really solves that? So we always talk to our customers, our, sorry, our founders about trying to create, um, you know, painkillers, not vitamins, and really making sure that they're building products that, that people need. Um, and, and, you know, the, the amount of conversations with customers, uh, even once the products launched, it's just, you know, we want to just really, really hammer that into, uh, into the DNA of every company we work with. If we listen back to other episodes of the Conquer Local podcast, Sam Jacobs, Mark Roberge, were both on this podcast talking about one of the one of the challenges that startups have is they don't have the product right. They they do not have product market fit. They start hiring a bunch of salespeople. They start going out and selling to customers, and they haven't really come up with something that solves the problem. There's there's a product problem. Do you see that happen? Yes, definitely, definitely. I think what what we've learned in our time here is that a lot of people will come with a solution. And so they'll say, Hey, Jordan, I built this new software product, or we've got this hardware product, um, you know, or I have this mobile application. Uh, and the first question that we'll often ask is like, well, what problem is this solving? And who's it solving for? So we try to ingrain that idea of like, love the problem. And if you love the problem, and you know, that customer or that market super, super well, um, you'll then build the right solution. But we try to get past that innovators bias where we have such talented technical individuals who build these amazing products, um, but sometimes put the blinders on in terms of what the market actually wants and needs. Um, so kind of breaking down that and making sure the, the product and market, um, you know, sides of that operation are, are speaking together. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, making sure you, nobody, um, you know, you gotta find a problem worth solving and uh, you know, life's too short to build something nobody wants. So those are those are a couple of quotes that we like to uh, to throw out. Well, I think back to a Saster podcast I was listening to, and they were talking to the founder of Slack, who actually started out to make something, and then uh, discovered there was a bigger need for Slack, and you know, the rest is history. I, I'm I'm simplifying what was probably not that simple of a journey, but started out with this one idea started talking to some people, realized that there was a bigger need for this thing and made a pivot. Do you see that, would it be fair to say that most successful SaaS startups are good at pivoting? Uh, oh, I would say most definitely. And I think that comes from your your continual feedback loops with customers or with the opportunities that are available. I think that adaptability and, you know, really that agility is is what's key. We're, you know, we're seeing that a lot here with the companies we're working with and, um, you know, what they what they start off or, you know, kind of their hypothesis number one versus what hypothesis number five or six and the product actually ends up being um, can often be fairly different or, or they just get to validate it further and further. So 
um, yeah, I think that's, that's, uh, you know, that's one of the advantages to being a startup is the ability to move quickly and adapt. Um, but also one of the challenges to find that sticking point of what's really the trigger here for customers and, and what do they actually need? I've had the privilege of speaking to a number of your startups at uh, Cultivator over the last um, year or so. And, and I'd love for you to tell me what uh, we have in our notes here. Producer Colleen calls your badass story um, about a startup that's heading to New York City. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so still some some details to come, but we've we've had companies um, I think realize that uh, you know while we're based here in the Queen City in Regina on the the prairies of Saskatchewan, um, you know groups have done an amazing job of recognizing where their market is and they've got out and talked to that market. So you know I think a really cool example of that is uh, you know one of the construction tech companies that we've been fortunate to work with. Um, my complies doing some. Re- really amazing work, um, you know, in New York state and New York city right now, um, just recognizing that there's a, you know, a large uh, construction market there and, um, you know, gaining some strong traction south of the border. So it's just, it's great to see and, uh, you know, look at companies who, who understand that there's, um, you know, an ability to serve markets, no matter where you're physically located, um, and really taking advantage of that. So I think for anybody listening from any midsize markets, um, you know, and I think Vendasta is an amazing, amazing example of that as well Is that, uh, you know, there's, there's never been a t- better time to, you know, be able to serve individuals, um, from anywhere due to the technologies that we can, uh, we can use. So, uh, super excited about, about where that goes and, uh, and what comes next. Let's, let's talk about the beer startup. So you have a company that <laughs> has built some technology to help this, uh, growing industry of craft breweries. Yeah, that's a great. So Brew Ninja started by Shay Martin, a really, really cool example. So um, Shay's got a really strong software background. Um, he had moved to Regina and a good friend of his uh, was running a, a microbrewery here in town, just getting it off the ground. And, uh, you know, after a couple times of being uh, being stood up for, for a Friday beer meeting um, by his friend who was running the brewery, uh, you know, Shay started to ask like, hey, what's going on here? I, you know, I'm tired of, you know, showing up to, to, to share pints and, uh, and you not showing up and he just said, Hey, like we're having a lot of challenges with our accounting and managing our sales and inventory. Um, the more Shay dug into it, he realized pretty quickly that he could build a software solution to solve that problem. Um, so they started by actually serving uh, district brewing here based out of Regina, uh, built a solution for them, realized then that that was a, you know, a business to business software as a service, um, product that, uh, that a lot of people needed. And, um, you know, he's been able to grow that from one microbrewery to now serving uh, over 20 breweries across Canada and uh, getting some some early funnel action into, uh, you know, south of the border here. So it's it's really, really cool to see how the microbrewery industry and other beverage industries are growing. Um, and Shay's created kind of that end-to-end solution from, uh, you know, back of house, front of house, microbrewery and tap room uh, connections. So uh, their traction's been been super strong and uh you know i think it's it's allowing more and more of the microbreweries out there to have a more efficient operation and allowing consumers like us to uh you know enjoy the product of these great local microbreweries and allowing them to uh you know better operate and uh you know be more sustainable businesses well i love i love the top of this how this all happened so the the founder was at his buddy's brewery and he was you know, basically pissed off because he goes there a number of times and can't talk to the guy because he's busy running his business. Sound familiar? That's that, a lot of people have that challenge. And he came up with a way to solve that problem to give him some of his time back. 
And it was, you know, it's a really interesting way to tie that all together where, you know, you can come up with an idea for a great product, but if you could really fall in love with your potential customer's problem, you have a way better chance of, uh, way better chance of solving them. And he found a way to build a successful SaaS startup with a little bit of hardware in there as well um, from that problem that they were solving. So, you know, it's great. It's a great story around where startups are born. Um, one question I wanted to ask for sure, where do you see, is, is there just one thing that you could say, here's where most people fail? Yeah, I'd say the, the one thing that would jump out to me, George, I think is just not talking to the customer. So I think it's making assumptions as to you knowing what, you know, what the market needs and what the solution needs to be. And I think uh, if you do proper problem discovery and customer discovery and, you know, really empathize with the potential customer and user, I think you're going to get a lot further along than, uh, than those assumptions. Hmm. Um, so so that, I, that I think would be number one of you. Can I, can I interrogate that a little bit? Because I have some experience in this. Um, yeah, please do. So you have a product team and a development team that are dealing with some data and some research probably to get to the point that they're at. And they've got very, very strong opinions of how they're going to solve the problem. And then you have this feedback loop coming from the customer. And that's what, and I, so the reason I want to interrogate this is I think it's really important to get very good reference customers to give you that feedback. Because if you just listen to one of them, or you just listen to the one that's easy to talk to, you're only going to get one lens and that's, it's going to be hard to scale that and get a large market is where I'm going to with this. Yeah. You know, that's a great, yeah. I'm glad you highlighted that. I think for us, it's really making sure that it's not just listening to maybe that, that squeaky wheel or that one off or trying to build everything for everybody, but really balancing the customer discovery and seeing what trends. So making sure your sample size is big. So we, you know, any pre-revenue companies that we work with, if they're really early stage and maybe they're early product or just MVP or pre-product, it's, you know, at least 50 conversations with potential customers to really understand. Um, and then they can take that and make a bit more of a data-driven decision as to what's happening over time. And I think anybody that's got a product, it's, it's like you said, looking at you know, well, who's actually, you know, what are their actions actually saying? And, you know, what are they actually buying or purchasing or renewing, um, you know, versus the conversation piece. So, yeah, I think that's, you know, definitely making sure you're strategic in how you're utilizing that. Because um, sometimes saying, you know, just talk to customers is a pretty, pretty broad statement. So there's definitely more layers to that, uh, to that piece for sure. Yeah. And I found it's really important to, to talk to a bunch of customers. And, and the other piece is, is that product folks and sometimes don't want to talk to the pissed off customer. And, <laughs> you know, I've tried to drive this agenda of that might be a challenging customer uh, and they're very vocal about their problems. Um, so, you know, you got to take everything with a bit of a grain of salt. But if you could solve that vocal customer's problems, the one that doesn't love you and isn't a raving fan, I think that there's a whole bunch of others that just aren't going to do business with you because you haven't thought deep enough about the problem. So it's it's interesting around, you know, getting that right product mix, getting that right messaging, making sure that you're you have those feedback loops are keys to success. The other thing that I've noticed is there are sometimes... Um, 
where actually it's your team will message me and say, well, Jordan's at this event in Silicon Valley, or he's at this event in Montreal, or he's at this event in New York. And I think I'm starting to dig in that one of your uh, tactics to getting this best practices is having this network that you can talk to of other incubators that are embedded in this space. How important has that been to your personal development and then the development of of this entire uh, ecosystem that you're building? Totally. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great highlight. Like for us, the, the network and, uh, you know, the ecosystem connections are huge. So, uh, you know, when I first started out, the number one thing was trying to get connected to as many people as possible who are far smarter than I am. So, um, you know, I try to try to jam as much, you know, trusted and, uh, you know, expert info as I can, uh, into my brain. And one of the early things, um, that we've been fortunate to take part in is just, you know, the, the Saskatchewan startup ecosystem as an early stage and, and learning from individuals such as yourself and, and, you know, those who know it and are living it on a daily basis through, you know, the Vendastas and other, other high growth tech companies that are here, but then also the, you know, the, the ecosystem across Canada. Um, and for us, that was early on connecting right away with, um, you know, both, high growth companies, and then also other incubators and accelerators. Um, you know, we've been fortunate to work with um, a variety of groups from across Canada, you know, from your your DMZs in Toronto and your Communitex in Waterloo out to your Accelerate Okanagans on the, the West Coast. And then further, we've been accepted into uh, the global accelerator network. So what's nice about that is that then opens us up and connects us to the tech stars and boom towns of the world. Um, and seeing what's going on internationally in Europe, uh, you know, South America, Africa, et cetera, just to make sure that for us, we're always kind of looking at best practices there and making sure for us um, that we're constantly connecting companies, you know, with the, uh, you know, the chief revenue officers, the CEOs, the, the VPs of product uh, who are out there and, and learning on the, uh, you know, on the daily basis to make sure that they're getting the best, best knowledge possible. And then I think further for us in the ecosystem has been how do we realize what gaps exist here in a, a mid-sized market like Saskatchewan and, and what kind of, you know, talent and uh, expertise can we bring in at times to, you know, either host events or utilize technology to bring um, some of those skill sets in. So we, uh, you know, we run monthly community events as well as an annual conference to try to tackle some of those pieces, but definitely making sure that the uh, the network is uh, is the focus and and helping to spread as much learning as we can to both the companies we're serving um, but also the individuals in the ecosystem who are maybe considering getting involved with a, a startup or can take away tips for their own businesses uh, as leaders or as employees as well so the goal today was to get someone that works with startups to share some of the lessons that you have and in, in, over the last year working with those 32 different startups, you're working with them on a day-to-day basis because a bunch of our listeners are startups of, they started their own agency, started their own digital marketing company. And while they may not be building their own technology, they're still dealing with a lot of the same trappings that a, that a startup has, you know, access to capital. When do I decide to pour gas on the fire and grow the company? When do I have product market fit? But one of the things that you know, we'd be crazy not to talk about because it is the Conquer Local podcast and it's all to do with sales. I believe that really successful SaaS startups, they have a very good sales DNA built into them. Do you find that to be the case or do we have people that are really good at building technology and solving a problem, but they couldn't sell their way out of a wet paper bag? What does it look like? 
Yeah, I think um, I I think it for us we see kind of a mix a mixture of that. We you know anybody who's got that built in, uh, we think that's super important. Uh, one of the biggest focuses for us is honestly when we can identify a company early on that's um, you know got a good product and very product focused, but a little bit challenged or you know less skilled in the in the sales DNA side of things. Is we try to get them connected as soon as possible. Um, just with some strong resources and, and supports and mentorship around that, um, you know, because that's where we see the biggest, you know, the biggest challenges are built an amazing product, um, but yet, you know, not acquiring customers, um, you know. So, so we uh, I, can I, can, I hate to interrupt, but I'm going to anyways. No, please do. I think this is what I heard you say. And I think there's a bunch of other people that heard this too, is that you can build a great product, but if you don't know how to sell it, and deliver the value to the customer, you, you're, you've got a problem. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Yep, that's a great summary. So, you know, how how then do we overcome that from the startup standpoint? So the, um, you know, do, do you, as a group of founders, do you say we need to find somebody and bring them into our founder group? Is it easy to go find people as that sales resource? I think for us, it's making sure that the the founder initially is doing those first sales. So for us, it's really making sure that the founder understands that, you know, on day one, when that's a small team of one, two, three, four, five, um, you know, that's really a founder responsibility to, to lock in those early sales. And I think it, it just shows a lot of confidence into the company of their ability to sell and start that and then to, to build the resourcing uh, from there. And if that's a, you know, a complete gap that doesn't exist, then, then how do we fill that? And I think it's, um, you know, we've been fortunate in the ecosystem. I think, um, you know, looking at the resources that exist around experienced sales individuals, really sharing some of those best practices. Um, and it's just getting up as many reps as possible. So whether that's, you know, demos, cold calls, whatever the strategy is, um, you know, Kind of that that idea back that we started with around you know being uncomfortable or being comfortable with being uncomfortable is um, how do we get you comfortable with the sales aspect of things early on um, because it's likely an inevitability um, to get the company to that next stage. So when it comes to the decision that a startup has to make of whether they're going to sell direct or they're going to use a channel, do you do you see them? thinking that way because, you know, my background, you know, I did direct sales for a long time. And then I arrived at a SaaS company that has been quite successful in accessing the channel. Um, you know, I think if you listen back over the last three years to episodes, I've said things like, I love the channel and I hate the channel at the same day. Um, but you know, wh when is that decision made as to, can I find someone else that I don't have to pay a base or something like that, that I just have to pay when they kill. Um, and I, I mean that in the nicest way, I, you know, when they get a close um, or, or I'm just going to make the decision to go d figure out my own direct sales piece. Like wh when does that come into the, into the timeline? Yeah, I think pretty early on. I think, you know, when, when groups are open to what's out there, you know, they, they may start with that direct piece, seeing how that goes and um, you know, always being open to, you know, thinking about how do we acquire customers, where do we acquire customers, and what's the cost to acquiring those customers, um, and if there's channels that they can use that are going to greatly lower that cost to acquire customer or directly connect them, um, you know, I think that provides a huge, huge benefit um, to those founders. So, I, you know, I think it's a bit of a case by case basis, but you know, early on, founders need to be open to all of those potential opportunities, but making sure that they know early on that they've got, you know 
the solution to the problem that they're solving. Uh, and once they've got that, then it's, you know, making the best decision around, uh, around direct or channel from there, but lots of benefits, uh, definitely on both sides. What well, what's one of the key takeaways, Jordan, that you have from the past uh, year or so that you've been involved in this? And, and I know it's something you're very passionate about. It's pretty easy to see, and you can hear it in your voice when you're talking about it. And I've, I've saw you speak a number of times. What's one of the, just the best parts of the last year? I think just seeing the excitement, like there's just, there's so much activity here. Um, you know, just that, that founder energy of, of, you know, connecting with these, these very passionate CEOs, CTOs on a daily basis, um, who are adding real value to a variety of different markets all across North America and, and, you know, globally in some cases, um, you know, it's just that passion of, you know, the passionate determination of those early stage teams that are really, you know, celebrating some of those early big wins of first enterprise client or, you know, first sale in California, um, you know, or the monthly recurring revenue milestone, the annual recurring revenue, um, you know, for sale, whatever that is, um, just seeing the collaborative effort, you know, here, it's been a big focus. So we tried to, you know, share those wins uh, together. So there's been a, a couple big gong moments here and, and just, you know, having that idea of you're not alone and, and the whole ecosystems behind you, um, has been awesome. So I think, you know, the, the culture and community that's building has been definitely the most exciting part and really excited to see what, uh, what 2020 holds. Well, let me, let me ask you this question. You know, I've been to cultivator a number of times and, uh, maybe you folks were just showing me your, you know, the best side. I'm wondering every day that you go in there, everything's great everything's going wonderful. There's, there's nobody that are tripping and they're having problems. And you know, I'm, I'm baiting you a little bit because I think back to <laughs> yeah, a, a yeah. video that I saw of Gail Goodman, the uh, ex CEO of constant contact talking about that long, uh, the long ramp of SAS death or, you know, it, it's like this crazy thing. It's like every day there's a battle and you think that you're losing. And then eventually you look back at 12 months, you're like, well, we grew and, and we're winning. It, it really is a struggle, but you got you to be open to that. You said earlier, comfortable being uncomfortable. What, what's the best advice you could give to somebody as they're coming into a, a SaaS startup so that they, or any sort of startup where they have their eyes wide open? Because I think that that might give them a better chance at winning. Oh, totally. Yeah, I to- totally agree. I think the, uh, the highlights are definitely the, the gong hits and the cheering, but the, the reality is very much, um, you know, it's, it's tough slugging. And I think that um, understanding that that's part of the process and coming to grips with that, um, you know, knowing that it's not going to be an easy path, but having that determination is, is going to be key. So, um, you know, I think the, the biggest thing is just thinking about how you weather that storm, both the highs and the lows, because it's, you know, we definitely see the roller coaster of emotions, um, you know, on a daily basis. So I think, you know, how do you manage the, you know, the team, the mindset and, and stay stable and calm during those, those high points, but also the inevitable low, low points, because, um, you know, it takes a while to lock in that first customer or those first 10 customers or, you know, expand to a new place. Or, you know, when you, you, know, you get your first aspect of churn of losing a customer or, you know, some of the hiring or firing things that may inevitably exist. Um, so I think just, you know, how you handle those low points are going to be of integral importance. Um, and that's, you know, that's honestly probably more where a lot of the support is, is, uh, needed. It's a little bit, when things are going well, it's a little bit easier for everybody, but, um, yeah, the low point challenges are, are key. And I think that's just the, 
the perseverance and the uh, reliance on the values and just trying to problem solve, doing what needs to be done to, you know, to stay alive and continue on. Well, I'm, I'm very bullish on this business incubator model. And I, and I, again, props to Eric and the, the board at Connexus for putting the money up and making the investment. It's a great idea for the community and uh, good on them for, for bringing you on board, Jordan, because you need good leadership around this. But just a couple of takeaways. You know, I, I have been involved in some startups and here's a couple places where I wish that I would have been a little smarter or maybe a little more open to feedback. Number one, problems are going to happen. Um, and the sooner that you you bring those to light and talk to people that you trust to give you advice, the better, because you're not going to have all the answers. Um, I think it's important that you have that drive as a founder where you're going to push through and because that's going to save you in a lot of instances. But there's also times where you might just come across a problem that you can't solve on your own. And that's why I love seeing this concept where you have the incubator where, you know, you can get a meeting with, with Jordan and he'll get, oh, I know three people that have had that problem and they've solved it. Here's their numbers. Go talk to them or go talk to that guy right over there in his company. He had that six months ago. Having that community that you can reach out to to get that feedback is really important. Think, you know, we think about how we learn, you know, we either learn through trial and error, which is usually long and expensive and painful, or we can learn <laughs> yeah. from people that have already been there, done that. And you've basically created a community inside this incubator, not only in the, in the local territory that you're in or province or state for those that are living there, but also in this greater community where you've now added these other resources. You talked about Techstars and you talked about the folks you're working with in the Valley and in Waterloo, and, and, and you can reach out to those people as well. So having that community is another way that you can be, you can be successful by having those resources that you can access. And, and then, you know, the other, the other piece to this is I, I think you have to almost be a little suspect all the time. So even if all the lights are green and all the indicators are that things are going well, you have to have that. I, I don't believe it. And I want to make sure that that's the case. Like, you know, always looking for that data. Have you saw that happen where, you know, everything looked great and then it, it went to shit and you're like, what the hell happened? But it, it, the, the leadership group wasn't really digging deep enough into the information to find those early warning signs. Yeah. I think as we see in the first half of 2020, that's COVID-19 and a lot of the realities are going on. I think it's just a, you know, a great example of that, of, you, you know, you just, you never know what's what's coming and whether it's a company about to close a fundraising round or about to close a big enterprise deal um you just never know what's around the corner and i think you know that that advice of you always have to be a little suspect and prepare for you know how are you going to get through is you know is is more true and more applicable today than it's you know maybe ever been from from our uh, our perspective well, pretty obvious, obvious that, uh, Jordan, you and I could probably go back and forth and, and have more and more of these interviews and dig even deeper. What I was hoping to accomplish, I believe we have, which is to get that understanding of what it takes to start a business, whether it's SaaS or not. I think that it's there's important lessons within any startup journey. And I, I love reading books about startups. So, you know, I, I love hearing the stories about PayPal back in the day when, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't even pay some people one day because they had a problem. And, you know, the, this one guy... I showed up at the door of the PayPal offices and Peter Thiel is there with Elon Musk and Reid Hoffman. And you just, you're listening to these people that have started these. And, you know, I think it's important to know that right now we're not all going to build a Facebook and we're not all going to build a PayPal. Uh, that doesn't mean that we can't build something that is amazing, that can help a lot of people and can feed a lot of kids and, you know, help support families. Um, what do you think one of the most satisfying pieces of being a startup founder is? 
Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is just, you know, adding value and knowing that they've built something and created something that's, you know, employing others, solving a problem, you know, for companies and for businesses or for clients and customers, um, you know, and just just knowing that they've created something, you know, essentially from scratch that, uh, you know, without existing, you know, that value or that pain point would would be existing. And so we, we love to see that, you know, with just with, with job creation and with the value added to, to the customers, both locally and, uh, you know, and around the globe. So I think that that's a big thing that we always encourage founders to take a step back every once in a while and just, uh, you know, don't, don't rest too much on what they've done, but just make sure they're enjoying the journey. Um, because it goes so fast. If you don't stop and take a breath every once in a while, you're going to, you know, you're going to forget and it kind of all blends together into one, you know, one massive sprint. Well, thank you very much, Jordan McFarland, the business incubator manager at Cultivator, uh, powered by Conexus. And, you know, this one of a kind business incubator is helping grow businesses and uh, 32 of them in the last 12 months. So, you know, Jordan, always a pleasure speaking to you and, and exciting to hear about your success. And thanks for all the learnings today that you've brought us from the companies that you've been working with. Thanks so much, George. Uh, really appreciate being on and uh, we're excited for, uh, you know, everybody that could take some value from today's episode and uh, excited to see what the startups accomplish here in, uh, in the next year. When I first met Jordan, you know, he's a teacher by background and he is a motivator and I don't think I've ever seen him without a smile on his face. He's a force to be reckoned with because when he comes into the room, he's got this infectious um, drive and he's a very caring person and he has a lot of empathy when it comes to the people he's working with. He cares about these the companies and startups and founders very much. You could tell that by the way that he speaks so passionately about the space and the things that they're trying to accomplish inside Cultivator. He did validate something that you've heard from other guests on the Conquer Local podcast, that getting the product right, and I don't mean 100% right, because I don't know if 100% right is there ever. I think you're constantly looking at ways to improve the product or service. But working towards that product market fit is a real key for a startup. And then also figure out what that problem is that you're solving. We've talked about this before. Don't fall in love with your product. Fall in love with the problem that it solves. And you can see that that's part of that culture and the mindset that they bring to Cultivator. The other thing that you, you'll notice, I really pushed them on this. You can have a great product, but if you don't have a way to sell it, most of those fail. So the good news for all of our listeners, far and wide of the Conquer Local podcast, we still have jobs because we still need salespeople to help articulate. And the, and the other thing is the harder the problem you're trying to solve, the more that you need to have that individual in the middle that connects the dots and shows the opportunity. It was interesting to hear where startups fail. And I don't think that this is just startups that fail this way because there are all sorts of businesses. And I think we're seeing that right now. In the current economic conditions that we are in, it's been interesting to watch certain logos that were very, very prominent logos in our daily lives. And you look there and you go, where did they go? What happened to them? So when we were talking to Jordan, and it was a few moments ago, where we talked about where do these organizations fail? It's that they don't talk to their customers and they don't do enough market discovery or customer discovery. And I think that that's something that never ends. 
And I think that you need to be very, very careful that you are responding to different economic conditions and the ever-changing landscape that we have. Digital transformation is overused as a term, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist and it won't exist for quite some time. As long as there is technology involved and there's more technology involved in everything that we do, there's going to be more disruption and we need to be on the cutting edge of that and we need to be digging a little bit deeper to look under the hood so that we can find problems and solve them. And, you know, the one thing that he reaffirmed that we have talked a lot about is the pivots. You need to continually pivot based upon what's happening inside the marketplace. I think that startups and that mentality that a startup founder and, you know, the first 25, 35, 45 employees have where, you know, they're just going to fail fast and they're going to figure it out and they're going to work with people and they're going to listen. That mentality should be in business every single day. Even if you've been around for a hundred years, you should have that mentality. And I think more businesses would be successful if they go back and, channel their inner startup founder. So thank you very much to Jordan McFarlane, the head of the business incubator known as Cultivator for all of that knowledge from the past 16, 18 months that he has been running that new initiative with all of those great energetic startups that he gets to work with every day. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local podcast with your host, George Leith. Executive producers are Brendan King, Jeff Tomlin, and Danny Mario. Audio engineering, Sound Lounge by T-Bone. Marketing by Rory Lawford. Produced by Colleen McGrath. 